sit in on unfiltered raw chats with multiple sclerosis advocate, motivational speaker, and writer, a hot MS, as she goes one-on-one with those who've had all the odds against them. From unexpected disabilities, incurable illnesses, to pimped out mobility aids, this pioneer in the chronic illness community wants you to know you can be a total train wreck and flip it into something positive, empowering, and even life-changing when she's not dirty dancing on an IV pole, that is. Hey everyone, and thank you so much for joining me on my very, very first podcast episode. This is incredibly exciting and terrifying, all rolled up into a chaotic little bundle of joy. If you have felt victimized by your past, a situation, or maybe it's something that you're in right now, or maybe you feel victimized by your own body and that you are in this constant state of suck. (laughs) I encourage you to stay a while and get comfortable and maybe even get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. That sentence alone, I know it's scary. It's daunting. It's, you know, unknown. And it, it definitely puts us in a place of not holding a whole lot of control. And I think that's what many of us want. We want to feel in control to have the security and knowing what the next step is. It's our safety latch, (laughs) you know, a way of being one step ahead of potential disaster. And who doesn't want to dodge a bullet? Of course we do. We want to have all the answers nine times out of 10. But if you're someone like me that loves to be in control, then I'm sure you found that at some point, this theory doesn't always work out to our advantage. And it can be completely self-destructive to feel like we have to have it all together in this pretty, perfect, composed package of perfection and poise and normalcy. Well, let me tell you, perfection is crap and normalcy is entirely overrated. Okay. We've been programmed to high five ourselves for success. We call our best friend when they get that new job. You know, we frantically text family members when our spouse goes into labor that the baby is coming, the baby is coming. We post family pictures in front of our house that, you know, we just got approved for when we had been trying to get financed for months and months and months and saving and you know, the, it's the new driver's license, the graduation pictures, the job offer, the, I don't know, passing the state exam, the awards, the recognition, acceptance letters, I could go on and on. But we are sharing the good and rightfully so. It's worthy of celebration and excitement, but we don't typically walk through life in fear of sharing the good unless we know that the support system in which we are sharing two is not going to be receptive. And then that's a whole different topic. Is the space in which we're sharing a safe one? Can we trust who we share with? Either way, our instinct, you know, when entering into this place of celebration is to naturally be excited and and to shout it from the top of a mountain. But what about the not so great things that we go through in life? As soon as we step into this place of complete disaster, we stop sharing. 
we don't call our best friend or spouse and say, hey, I got fired and have zero job prospects. Let's go out and celebrate tonight. We're not doing that. You know, we view disasters as such a negative thing because why? Why? Because we lack control over the situation and lack of control is scary. The, the unknown is intimidating. You know, unexpected scenarios make us want to toss our cookies. So I want to challenge this crap and saying that the good stuff in life gets way too much attention. We get it. We get it. You're excited and you should be. But for the love of all that is holy, the bad stuff in life has now become extremely jealous and wants to be talked about. So let's balance the scale a bit. The bad things that happen in our life have basically turned into like the rejected stepkid that never gets loved. So I want to help you learn to love the crap, love the mess, embrace the disaster and revel in the unknown and look fear, you know, right in the eye and be like, come at me, bro. Come at me. I dare you. If you're familiar with who I am, then most likely you know about my shenanigans and all of my nonsense. <laughs> but if you're new and you're like, who is this nut ranting and raving about loving disasters and let me fill you in. My name is Brittany Kiros. I'm better known as a hot MS. I'm 33 years old living in uh, California. I'm an East Coast Italian Scorpio. I've been, I like to say that I've been stuck in California for quite some time. Uh, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 30 years old. I had been working in jobs that were okay money, but you know, never inspired me, never fulfilled my soul's purpose. And I had been searching for my purpose for years. And I, I always felt stagnant, you know, that I was put on this earth for something more. And holy crap, did I try a lot of things in search of that purpose. I am happily married to the man of my dreams. I, I often say that he saved me and helped put my pieces back together. Johnny, I love you so much. I am a stepmom to two awesome kids and a biological mom to a three-year-old Yorkie named Chico. Yes, I birthed him and he is in fact my fuzzy infant. My vessel does not support life and I often say that my uterus couldn't even house a goldfish. So Chico is my canine offspring. But because I like a good jolt in conversation, I'm going to jump head first right into this and say something that's probably going to make the majority of you think that I'm legitimately insane. And that's totally fine. You're allowed to judge and you're allowed to think what you want. So brace yourself. Are you ready? Are you ready to judge? And that's totally okay. If you judge, I expect you to. Um, I am glad that I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I think it was the greatest blessing that has happened in my life. I'm going to give you a few seconds of silence to let that one sink in because I'm sure many of you listening to this are already have that, you know, permanent face of horror on like, what in God's name is she talking about? Um, so maybe you need another second to swallow that statement. I am glad and consider it a blessing that I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Truthfully, as I know my own name, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be living with MS and know this is not some, you know, masochistic, self-destructive mission or anything. You know, I've, I have my reasons and I, I can't wait to let you in on how I've come to this realization and acceptance in my life. But 
let's go back a bit. I can honestly say that when I was diagnosed with MS, I was in shock. I was scared. I, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. This isn't something light. Hey, you were just diagnosed with a incurable progressive disability. Congratulations. (laughs) You know? Um, and I fell into a brief depression. I felt like a, a clock was permanently placed over my head and it was ticking louder and louder with this expiration date. And, what did this, you know, diag- new diagnosis do to the longevity of my life? What is my expiration date now? What will happen to me in the future? Um, my husband is almost 20 years my senior. Does this mean that I'll end up dying alone one day? But everything came down to one word. Fear. Fear is inevitable. But our reaction to it is a decision. It's a choice and we have the ability to control and choose how much recognition we give fear. If we give it too much attention, oh my God, it will control your life and hinder your chances of being successful at pretty much anything. But what if we changed our perception of fear? Okay. Fear has been taught to be this daunting, overwhelming, and out of control emotion. It plays a role in the choices that we make, especially if we like to live life cautiously and don't often take you know, these big risks. So I wanted to start this podcast with the goal of embracing fear, reveling in the disasters, and embracing the suck. <laughs> when we own the disasters, we feel more in control. When we feel more in control, we give ourselves more confidence. And when we allow ourselves to be more confident in a state of disaster, the chances of us overcoming that disaster are a hundred times greater than if we had approached the resolution of the problem with apprehension, fear, and hesitation. I like to think that I've been a complete train wreck for the majority of my life. And I say I like to think that because I think there's value in that. I think that, you know, I may have had it together for, you know, a, a brief moment in life. But in all reality, when I look back and I get, you know, super self analytical, I can see that I was a total train wreck. I was a mess. Um, I grew up in the performing arts and I grew up very fast. I went through an uncommon amount of trauma for someone my age, but honest to God, I would not change any of it if given the chance. And I'll tell you why we are put through difficult things in life for a reason. It could be karma, God's plan, Satan screwing up God's plan, or maybe you just have really, really crappy luck. Either way, bad things happen and they happen to good people. We all know this. But I really believe that by changing our perception of those crappy things, it allows us to find the takeaways or the lessons. When we find the lesson, we gain knowledge. Knowledge is going to build us. It's going gonna, it's gonna to shape us, empower us. And teach us not only what to do in the future, but it allows us to figure out how to do things differently and get creative and get scrappy. I love that word. I love being scrappy. It's, it's so, it, the word within itself offers so much. Going back to my diagnosis, I 
easily could have stayed stuck in a funk and entered into this, you know, never ending state of suck and depression. And I know, I know myself, I know what I'm capable of. I know that I am chemically and molecularly programmed to succeed at depression. I've been in one. It took me years to claw my way out. I lost myself, my self-worth, my identity, and honest to God, my reason for living. So I know that I have the fundamental capability of allowing myself to go to an extremely dark place if I allow myself to. And honestly, after knowing how dark that place can be, when I got the, hey, you have MS phone call, I knew I wasn't going to go there again. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I was shocked and sad and got recluse for a couple of weeks. But, you know, I allowed myself to feel. I allowed myself to ugly cry and be a total shithouse mess. I, I told myself, hey, it's okay to feel that way. And I gave myself, you know, the required space and grace to be a mess. We set extremely high expectations for ourselves that we have to be polished and put together and perfect. And I said it already and I'll say it again. It's all crap, complete crap. How can you grieve something if you don't allow yourself to feel? It doesn't make any sense. How can you overcome something if you have set yourself up for failure in the very beginning? First of all, we're all human. So if you think you're the only one going through what is what it is that you you are going through, you're completely foolish. Stop being foolish. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. But we can never find the common playing ground with the crap we encounter if we aren't sharing it. Notice when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, it it sort of it causes this ripple effect. And then someone else shares or someone else tells you how empowered they feel after hearing you open up. Vulnerability is scary. It is. It's terrifying because it causes us to feel stripped down and naked. It's like having that dream that you woke up from the dream and you're like, oh my God, I was naked in front of a whole you know, conference room full of people. It's a risk. And we never know what's going to be on the receiving end of being vulnerable. We may get criticized. We may get judged. We might even get mocked and laughed at and hated for it. All of this can happen if we walk into the space of vulnerability with the response of the listener in the forefront of our minds. We cannot choose to be vulnerable for anyone other than ourselves. Vulnerability is defined as the quality or state of exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. I love definitions because I like to overanalyze everything and pick things apart. So let's touch again on vulnerability. It's defined as the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. But we will never grow if we don't take that risk, if we don't take that chance, if we aren't being transparent. And it's hard. It is really, really hard to be transparent about the hard things. Nobody wants to 
brag naturally, you know, right off the bat about what their failures are and what they're failing at. But I cannot tell you when you do and you start to take those little steps of taking a chance and being vulnerable, how empowering you will feel in return. Thanks so much for listening to episode one of All the Odds with me, your host, Brittany Kiros, known as A Hot MS, and I can't wait to chat with you guys next time. Thanks for listening to All the Odds with that crazy tattooed MS chick. What's her name again? Oh, right. A Hot MS. When you're not listening here, check out her website for the latest blog or shoot her a DM on the gram. Oh, yeah, she's on that TikTok thing, too. And don't forget to celebrate your disasters. Your victories get enough attention. 